It was a wonderful time, and I'm sure it was, and I'm glad you had a good time of refreshing in the Lord. You know, it's interesting that sometimes we forget that we worship a God of revelation. He's always speaking. We're just not listening. And times when we get away in a retreat setting like that, and things are a little quieter. Uh, I've, I've taken retreats before, taken them with my staff, and we would go to a place where there was no television, there were no radios, and people would just freak out for the first hour. You know, what are we going to do? <clears throat> but after a while, it begins to get enjoyable. But it's amazing when you quieten your heart what you hear God say. And uh, I'm glad you had a, a blessed time. Well, today, we're going to do uh, another complimentary sermon uh, dealing with uh, Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy. Let's talk about something that God does, something, uh, talk about who He is. And I suppose this will be the last. <clears throat> We've done several of these, so we'll let this be the last one, and then we'll move on to something else. But I've enjoyed um, sharing with you some of the things from the Scripture that tell us about who God is. And today, I want to remind you that the Scripture talks about God remembering. We sang about that a moment ago. God remembers, and God forgets. And so, I want us to talk a little bit this morning about what does that mean, that God remembers and God forgets. But I can tell you up front, <clears throat> both of those have powerful implications for us. And it, it sets our hearts on uh, an avenue of praise. I think sometimes when we think about God forgetting or God remembering, our first instinct is to go to how we remember and how we forget, and that's misleading. Uh, it really is right now because my memory seems to be going more and more and more. <clears throat> and uh, memory fades, but I don't think God's memory fades. But you know, as we age, it's interesting that names begin to, to disappear, and uh, it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing when you walk up to someone that you know, and you cannot recall their name. And how many times I've stood there and I've gone A, B, C, D, E, F, G, <laughs> hoping that somewhere in there something will click. The details go, the process is slower. We can take supplements, and we can, and I do puzzles all the time every morning, and we can exercise the mind, but it still goes. We just cannot stave off memory loss. And I think most of us are terrified with any form of dementia. As people, we find ourselves forgetting what we shouldn't, and we find ourselves refusing to forget what we ought. But how does, it, how does it deal with God? How does memory and remembering and forgetting work with God? Well, let's separate the two for a moment, and then we'll see how it works. Let's begin with God remembering. You pick up the Scripture, or if you get a concordance, and, uh, and you look at it, you will see that the Bible over and over says that God remembers. But if you're going to understand what that means, you've got to move away from an English concept, and you've got to get into a Hebrew understanding or Hebraic understanding. 
When we think about uh, remembering in English, we re it means focusing on a thought or something coming back into our mind, an idea coming back. It's mental recall. But when you deal with the Hebrew concept, it isn't mental recall. God doesn't mentally need to recall anything. It focuses on action. It focuses on action that is taken when God remembers. And it is appropriate action. And some of the scriptures and some of the examples from scripture, we read one a moment ago in Genesis 8 and verse 1, but God remembered Noah. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. What does, it remember? what does it mean there that God remembered Noah? Oh, I've got a guy down there on the ark. <laughs> and I told him to put some animals in it. And he's bobbing around in the water. Wonder how he feels. That's not what it means. It is not mental recall. It is action. And so God was saying, I remember the covenant I made with Noah. I remember the promises that I made to Noah, it is time for me to act. That's what remembering is with God. In Genesis chapter 30 and verse 22, it says, then God remembered Rachel. You remember she was barren. And he listened to her and he opened her womb. Was that mental recall? No. God intervened on her behalf. God heard her prayers. He had listened. And now it was time in his timing to act. And so Rachel bears a son. Exodus 2 and verse 24, the Scripture says, God heard their groaning. He's talking about the slaves in Egypt. And the Scripture says, he remembered his covenant. When you see that verse, you understand that it is not mental recall. God is not thinking, oh, I've got some people over there in Egypt, and they're in trouble, and I hear their groaning, and that's prompted me to remember it is not mental recall. It is action on a covenant that was made 400 years prior to that. When he said to Abraham, he said, I'm going to make of you a great nation, but I want you to know up front that they're going to be slaves in a land for 400 years. But one day, when the sins of the Amorites are full, I'm going to act. And I'm going to bring you out with a mighty arm and a mighty hand. And I'm going to bring you to myself, and I'll make a covenant with you. That's what God was remembering. He was acting. He was acting on something that had been declared years and years before. He would punish the enemy, and he would release his people. I can say to you this and say it with all clarity and assurance. You and I want God to remember. Because when God remembers, God acts, and he acts appropriately. And that's action on my behalf. That means that he intervenes in my life. That means that he rescues. That means that he gives peace. That means that he remembers his covenant. He keeps his promises. He answers my prayers. 
And I believe as we gather here on a Sunday morning in this place, worship ought to be about celebrating the very fact that God remembers. You and I sit here today, and we ought to be celebrating. When we sing, we ought to be celebrating. When we hear the message, we ought to be celebrating. When we come to the communion table, we ought to be celebrating, knowing that God has remembered us. How did he remember you this week? What did he do in your life? How did he show up? Where was he present? When did he speak? What promise did he keep? God remembers, and I praise God that he does. And I praise God that he remembers for me. And he acts on my behalf. And we understand, and so we praise him and realize that he's going to keep his promises. And I say, oh, Lord, remember that you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. Remember, oh, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. Remember, the Lord, that you are going to come for us. Jesus said in that great passage in Matthew, he said, only the Father knows. But one day in the timing of God, he's going to remember, and he's going to send his Son for us so that we will be with him in glory and in victory forever. God remembers. It means that he acts, not mentally brings things to mind. But secondly, the Scripture talks about God forgetting. And for us, forgetting is the opposite of remembering in the English sense. Remembering, bringing something into our mind, recalling a thought. Well, forgetting is that thing, that thought slipping out. It's gone, and, and that happens more and more. But with God, it's not facts and knowledge slipping away. In the Hebraic approach... It is God forsaking, spurning, or choosing not to act. That is his forgetting. And we read a moment ago the psalmist. The psalmist said, how long, O Lord? And then he asked another question, how long are you going to forget me? David understood that God was not around at that moment. How long will you let my enemies have power over me? How long will you hide your face from me? David understood and sensed the very absence of the intervention and the work of God in his life. And he spoke of it in terms of forgetting. When God forgot Israel, it was because Israel had spurned him. She had gone after the other gods. And the Lord left her to herself for a period of time, and he let enemies attack and rule until the people would awaken in repentance and choose to return to him. I think that biblical definition of forgetting applies to us as well, <clears throat> Hebraically, because when we forget the Lord... It isn't that we have him drop out of our memory. We know who he is, and we know he is there. We act as if he is not. And we ignore him. And we choose not to follow him. 
and we choose not to go by his plan and by his word. So we do the very same thing. We understand that concept. I think interestingly, when you look at Scripture with God, forget almost is never used in combination with sins. It doesn't really say God forgets our sins. The Bible says it this way. He does not remember our sins. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that praiseworthy? When God remembers sin, what's the definition? He acts. He acts. He gives sin what sin deserves. And I think that is so clear in a verse like Hosea chapter 9 and verse 9. God will remember their wickedness, and he will punish them for their sins. And so, when he is not remembering sin, it means he chooses not to act, not to punish. How can that happen? Oh, we know the answer to that. The justice of God satisfied at the cross. And he who is just and had his justice satisfied justifies us. Oh, my dear friend, he looks at us because of Jesus. And he says the sin is expiated, it is covered. The sin is propitiated, it means that the wrath of God is turned And he does not hold that sin against me nor you because of Jesus. That's the divine forgetting. He forgives for Jesus' sake. And folks, that's exactly what he expects of us. Because he gave us the example in doing what he did for us. Forgiveness involves choosing not to act on something done to us. It is not letting something done in the past be operative in the present. And God shows us how we can choose to act, even though the incident may still be in my memory. I choose not to act or take action on it. I don't have to retaliate. I don't have to seek revenge. I don't have to continue to destroy a relationship. I can choose not to act. I can choose to forgive as he forgave me in Jesus. God remembers It's not mental recall. It's action. And you better hope he remembers and does a lot of remembering for you. Forgetting. It's not an idea or a thought or some knowledge slipping out of memory. It is a willful act of choosing not to take action. And he has chosen in forgiveness not to take action on our sin for Jesus' sake. Now, as I finish up, I want to do something that will 
prepare us for the table. I want to, I want to finish up and prepare you for what you're going to do in a few minutes, which is to receive communion. And I want you to see it from the perspective of what we have been sharing this morning. Over and over in Scripture, we are told to remember. We are encouraged. We are commanded to remember. And I think God has told us to remember, to bring things into our mind, to bring the past present into our present powerfully because he knows we need that challenge. The biblical concept of forgetting is not let something in the past be operative in the present. Well, then memory, remembering, is let what is in the past be powerfully present and operative now. And so God told Israel, he said, I want you to remember Passover. And I want it to be a continuing memorial. Well, what did he mean by that for his people? Did he want them to recall the fact that they were slaves in Egypt and that, uh, you know, they had a bad time and, and one time they ate some bread and put some blood over the door? No, he wanted more than that. He wanted them to bring the power of that moment back into the present generation, back into their present lives, back into the hearts of their children. I want you to understand when you take, when you celebrate the Passover, I want you to understand how hopeless you were. I want you to understand how in bondage you were. I want you to understand the power of the blood that was put on the door. And I want you to remember and celebrate the mighty hand of God that brought you out of that land of Egypt after 400 years. I want you to celebrate that. And I want you to bring the past into the present, and I want it to be alive in your heart. That's what he wanted. And so he says to us in the Lord's Supper, Jesus' words to us are these, remember me. Well, what does that mean? We remember that Jesus was in some upper room, and I've been to Israel, and they've showed us where supposedly the upper room was. Remember the stones that were there and what took place that night and the story of the donkey and all that stuff? No. What does Jesus want me to do when I remember him? He basically wants me to go back to the cross. And you go back to the cross, and there's going to be some dynamic <clears throat> experience. John Stott said in his book, The Cross, he said, if anyone, anyone looks at the cross, he has to draw two conclusions. One is, the love of God must be absolutely amazing. And secondly, my sin must be horrible. He said, you can't draw any other conclusions than that if you were to look at the cross and be objective. God's love must be wonderful. And surely my, my sin is horrible. 
So when Jesus said, I want you to remember me, he said, I want you to bring back into your heart and mind the power of the love of God. I want you to remember, when you walk forward and you take communion today, remember how hopeless you were. Institute state. Consider where you would be without him. Where we would be without redemption. And celebrate redemption in Christ. And let that experience alter you. And I would hope that as you are taking communion today, you'll say, Lord, as I, as I witness, as I see anew, as I remember your sacrifice, do something in my life. What do you want me to do? What sacrifice do you want me to, to give? What do I need to do for this church, for this body, your body? What do I need to do for you? Lord, open my eyes to that. It's like the song we sing. Love so amazing, so divine. It just may demand everything you've got. That's the experience of remembering. And take the communion with, with gratitude. Remember him. Let the events of the past be powerfully present in the in the in the powerfully present in the present so that it makes a difference in our lives god forgets god remembers oh powerful implications for us so i want to i want to close with two questions what is it today that you want god to remember For you. And what is it that you want him to forget? And I can say to anyone in this room today who is here for worship, joined us for worship, if you want him to forget your sin, ah, choose not to act on it. There's only one way that can happen for a just God. And that is through Jesus Christ. As you claim him as your Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the testimony of the word. And thank you for those biblical concepts that uh, speak, teach us, change our hearts and minds. And I hope today through understanding what it means biblically to remember and to forget, as it does with you, that we will apply these same concepts to our lives. And Lord, I pray today that as all of us share in the experience of, of communion, that it will have that new dynamic of bringing the past into the present powerfully. And when we remember you, it will alter our lives. So we pray.
through the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.